0: Tom Zappala
1: and John Mallory.
2: You know, nobody in this
3: studio is right. No, there's a lot of problems in this studio. There are some real issues in a a lot of issues in the studio. The two
2: producers, like they're not wired properly. You're certainly not wired properly. How's your garden? (laughs) It's pretty good. Thank (laughs) you for asking. All right, listen, the name of the show is the Great American Collectible Show, Tom Zappala, with my compadre co-host Johnny Mallory, JM as we affectionately call him. We've got uh, two guests. We're bringing in right away. One because of our headline, our headline, which has been all over the freaking. It's not just world. our headline. So we're going to bring in right now because we're going to go to the source. I'm going to read the headline, then we're going to go to the source because he has, you know, he does nothing anyway. And <laughs> then, we're, and then we're bringing in our guest host, Brendan Wells from SCP Auctions. They have a very cool, yep. very cool auction. Excellent. All right. So our, oh Derek Brady, I forgot his name. Derek is in the house. Here is the headline. 1952 Tops Mickey Mantle sets a new sports memorabilia record at $12.6 million. Mickey Mantle's net worth at the time he died in 1995 was around $10 million. I didn't get that. Early Sunday morning, early Sunday morning, <laughs> one of his old baseball cards <laughs> sold for more. One of the highest-graded copies of the Hall of Fame is 1952 Topps card netted 12.6 mil at Heritage Auctions after a flurry of late bids, becoming the most expensive piece of sports memorabilia ever sold. Wow. The price for the card, graded a 9.5 by SCG, includes <laughs> a 20% buyer's premium added to all the winning <clears throat> bids. The card had been expected to sell for at least $10 For more information, you can go read the article on sportscollectorsdaily.com, our good friend Rich Miller and the gang there. But we're going to get it from the horse's mouth right now. Derek, you guys have had an unbelievable week. Talk to me, brother. Talk to me.
4: I mean, it was a really exciting Platinum Night auction. It was our best ever. Even some of our competitors came by our display at the National and said, this literally, take out the mantle card, it's still one of the best auctions we've seen. And, and we work really hard for that. We have great consigners, you know, great employees. Um, you know, Brendan obviously worked with Dan Imler. I think the world of the guy, I'm sure, I, maybe Brendan does too. Or maybe you got a big raise when Imler left. I have no idea. <laughs> but either, either way, you know, we just hired Joe Orlando you know which is he's been a great addition he's not getting credit for bringing in one thing for that auction though so let's be clear his first <laughs> he, uh, You know, that's horrible. That he is horrible. Board. You want to talk about a front runner. Look when he signs on. Just jump Haley's right job. in, right. right? I mean, jump right in. wait a second. It, Joe,
2: hold on. Joe called Meloria. and says, hey, you know the bat and you know the card? That was really me. <laughs>
4: yeah, not was, not yeah, great. Yeah, got it. it's no, a fact. It's my signature on the agreement. But no, honestly, the card had, you know, four bidders at $10 million or higher. This wasn't two people. Which as Brendan knows. Sometimes it can just two people can take it from right. a certain number to a certain number. I, I have a feeling if we could extend it again today, it yeah. would go, it would go higher. Right. And I know you asked me if I'd reveal the winning bidder if he wants to be identified. And right now, the only thing he wants to be identified as is, is an avid baseball fan hailing from Rye, New York. Rod Petrie. So shout out to his hometown.
3: Right. No, Michelle, No, that was show.
4: But also, in the in the same auction, we set a record on, you know, the Babe Ruth bat from 1918 to 22, um, was signed, game use 10. As Brendan said, they um, – I keep mentioning Brendan, so Brendan, just remember this, by the way. <laughs> um, Brendan, you
2: can talk, you know.
4: Yeah. I'm just letting like, so, it's, it's his floor. Well, I keep saying his name, so it's giving him a shout-out. No, they had the record at SCP on a Ruth bat, I believe – and that lasted for over a decade, and we just sold one to beat that again. Private, <laughs> there's been private sales, but this was an auction record of 1.68 million. The Ty Cobb photo from the 15 Cracker Jack Cobb, that that photo was unbelievable. That sold for over five hundred thousand dollars. Did 000. that really?
2: I, I was. I mean, yeah, it was, that was incredible.
4: I was, I, I, uh, that's a beautiful Gretzky. How about a Wayne Gretzky rookie in ten? We sold it for 1.2 million. That was a world record for a Topps card. Wow. Um, 48-leaf Ruth in a PSA 9. It's one of the nicest 9s I've ever seen. I described it to a few bidders as one of the nicest 9s I've ever seen. That sold for 540000
2: Unbelievable. I mean, the
4: numbers were just crazy. And that wee, wee, wee Willie Keeler bat that you were talking about was in somebody else's auction. <laughs> that was a
2: mistake.
4: No, I know that. But think about this number. I just looked it yeah, up. Yeah, what, what did that for- go... Two hundred and fifty-two grand for freaking Wee Willie Keeler—the so bat market. <laughs> first, is of all, first of all, first of let's be a little more respectful.
2: The guy's a Hall of Famer, Hit
4: him okay. where they ain't. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go look at the Times Square billboards we have right now. We have several billboards in Times Square right now with all these records. Let's ask anybody right. you who know, Wee Willie Willie Keeler's, right. and you know what very they're very disrespectful. Say? You know what they're going to say a Munchkin from the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> well, listen, I have like
2: I, I have a, I have a complaint.
4: May I? You always
2: opinion. do. You know, and none of them are valid. I was very disappointed. I, I, I went to bed early on Saturday night or Sunday, Sunday night. I went to bed early. I went to bed at it's 9. because of your age. Uh, right. I was in bed at 9.30. I was, was watching on. the Red Sox. I was <laughs> aggravated, so I went to bed. Now, mm-hmm. I had put a bid in on a 1933 Gaudi, Lou Gehrig, PSA 6. And I went to bed telling my beautiful wife, I'm, I'm really excited that I got this card.
5: I'm really excited.
2: <laughs> and I went to bed, and I got up at three o'clock in the morning because I had to pee. And
4: I look, multiple times during the night again. And age, I but...
2: looked, I looked at it, and some guy beat me for five hundred bucks.
4: Oh, you, do you know why that happened? Because I didn't stay up. Because you, no, because you told me you were going to bid to nineteen grand. Yeah. So I just waited till you went to bed, and I did 195. <laughs> I'm going to show you. <laughs> I'm going to show you the card next time I see you. No, I don't. Okay. I don't know. Right, I listen, was so can, occupied oh, that no, you guys was you taking bids. Well, listen, and we were, and, it, and you know, there's a documentary being done on the card. Is the there, film crew was there. Oh yeah, no, there's going to be a documentary.
2: Well, listen, on the card. Congratulations, from journey. All kidding you know, aside. No, all kidding aside. Uh, it's you good know, for the hobby. It's you, good for you Brendan's You know what you mean. You, you mean to the hobby. You know what you mean to the show. Uh, I know how busy you guys have been, and honestly, I know, I know you've been inundated from all over the from all the media outlets. And you took the time out to be with us for a few minutes. Now you've uh, wasted our time, so I think you should go away. We
4: did? Yeah. No, I'm going to go away. I'm going to turn the show over to you guys and Brendan.
2: Congratulations and again, with the show. Great awesome. job, thanks, man. Great job. Hey, good thanks, luck Derek. Your Derek we be, love you, I'll brother. I'll be bidding in
4: your sale. Take care. <laughs>
2: good luck, Derek Grady <laughs> from Heritage Auctions. You know, he's 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 like a brother. He really is good guy. All right, Brendan. Now you guys have a you guys have an auction uh, that is uh, kind of going to explode. Um, why don't you just give us an over? First of all, no. Before you do that, give us a little overview of. Brendan Wells'
5: background. You were a PSA guy for a while too, right? Yeah. So I I was with PSA for 18 months as director of business development up until April of this year. Um, uh, but I was with SCP as auction director for seven years prior. So I kind of did a little boomerang. I'm back with Dave Kohler and company. Um, it's good. I just you know kind of want to feel out the authentication side and, and different side of the business and um, a lot of changes when i was there i mean that's kind of an understatement you think <laughs> <laughs> from, from going from um public to private uh new ownership coming in changing things up a lot you know a lot of new, new new money new ideas uh very smart people kind of running the show over there now and it was great experience overall i just i love the auction side this is where the action's at so i just want to get back to it so. you know
2: it's funny because i wish we were talking about i was talking to joe you well, know, you know, Joe Orlando was president of PSA for a thousand years and he was CEO. And we were talking about, he's with Heritage now, as you know, Brendan. Joe said, he says, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just feel I belong here. I just love yeah. the memorabilia card side, the, the auction side of it. Right. You know, and he's just learning, but he absolutely loved it. And I could see that, Brendan. I could see how you guys could, you know, really fall in love with that part of the,
5: of the hobby. Um, so, weren't you with the Upper Deck too, for a while? Yeah, that was my first official job in the industry, Um, Out of pretty much out of uh, doing some internships and some, I worked a season for the Cubs uh, minor league team in Boise, Boise Hawks. I was working some sponsorship, doing some marketing up there for them for a season and kind of just, you know, this is actually, this is after getting out of the financial services industry, after our first crash back in 2007. Yeah. I went back to school, got my (coughs) MBA in sports, sports business management and then kind of, was following a path I thought towards you know front office professional sports and kind of just got steered in this direction to the hobby and got a job at Upper Deck it was, was building card products there It was really fun um, we had a CLC license at the time so there, you could build car, uh, college nostalgia college uh, you know sports sets or college team sets yeah. um, UNC basketball Duke basketball Notre Dame football Alabama football so that's kind of what I was doing and then I kind of got worked worked. Uh, you know, got into the UDA side of the business, um, you know, so whether, you know, they're representing Jordan and LeBron and Tiger and their big, you know, exclusive spokes spokesperson deals that they do. And so I was on the, e- on the e-commerce side for them. And and uh, yeah, I spent three years there, worked with Terry Melia for a little bit. Um, we love Terry. Steve's, good guy. Steve Terry's Sloan a great guy. was was there with me Stevie, for a little bit Steve's as well. Steve's a good guy too. Yeah. And and that's actually kind of how I end up at PSA. Like Steve and I are, are been good friends for a long time, and we kind of, um, you know, we just yeah, I, he hired me. So, um, but it's but yeah, it's been it's it was a great great uh, being on the manufacturing side, then going on the auction side, and that and then going into the authentication side. I've seen like being on all three sides of the business. It's kind of an interesting perspective that I have yeah, gained. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Very valuable for what I do every day to kind of know how each uh, every kind of um, you know. Function works, and so it's it's uh it's been you know it's been a good a good like good ride so far. Good. Yeah.
3: So, Brendan SCP auctions, uh, great items. Uh, Celtics Lakers, we know is a long-lasting rivalry. Back to the Russell wilt Bird Bird Johnson, even you know back with the KG and Kobe. Wow. Uh, you have some great. Remember Don Nelson's I do, free right throw on, back of the rim. Right. Right. It went back straight up, rim, straight right. up and down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, talk about that. You have some Bill Russell items. You have. Let's talk about Bill Russell first. We just Uh lost the icon, sports and society Uh icon. And then we'll we'll start with the Celtics because we always should start with the Celtics and then get... (laughs) Get to that horrible, lousy bane of my existence team in Los Angeles. But let's start with the well, Celtics. No, I think we should Russell. start with
2: the Bill, Bill Russell license plate.
5: No, yeah, I, I, think I like talk to start about the that. Celtics because they just lost to the Warriors in the finals. <laughs> yeah, and so I'm, you know, I'm representing here. Listen, the only Gary, saving, saving grace. Forwards, listen, the you know. only
3: saving grace is that Kaja Stremski's grandfather plays for your team now. So I'm good with that. His he's, <laughs> he's, grandson, Grand,
5: grandson. Sorry, he's, he's hitting about two hundred right now. I so know. I know. I know. He's playing all right. He's he's a good player. He's hard nosed guy, but yeah, the Celtics Lakers rivalry. Obviously, if you look at any, you go if you go baseball, it's Yankees Dodgers, pretty much for like the, the, the teams that kind of lead the hobby, right? And basketball, it's probably Celtics Lakers. Football, it's probably Packers Steelers Cowboys Patriots. Unfortunately, now um, <laughs> the, the, the rain, but um, but yeah. But so anything Celtics Lakers. And if you have a, an icon from one of those sports, you know, yeah. we have the Kobe Bryant jersey that sold for two point. Seven, five million, our last auction is rookie yep. jersey. So, our headliners, I guess you could say, our headliners, we have a lot of stuff that's probably going to be in that six figure, you know, low, mid six figure range in this auction. Not anything that's going to be two to three million. No, no 9.5 SGC mantles, unfortunately, but um, a lot of stuff cumulatively is going to add up. And, you know, headline, I guess, by, you know, Bill Russell, you know, kind of, you know, uh, you know kind of unfortunately, <laughs> by Bill Russell's Hall of Fame ring. Uh, and his 50 50, uh, 50 greatest ring uh, a few other items cool from his collection from his uh, that have kind of been passed through some some of his uh, uh, friends and his and his PR guy actually got his license plate the last license plate he was actually uh, issued before yeah. he left Massachusetts back in 72. I would throw I would throw a bid on Because that. that's
2: neat. That's it's a, a neat cool thing piece. to have. And you know where yeah. he lived? He lived Redding. in Reading. Reading. Right, right near up there Austin Prep, the yeah. school
3: that wouldn't die. Yeah. Austin Prep. That's what the fifth, the sixth best high school in Reading. Um, so, <laughs> you know, a little behind St. John's Prep, but we're not going to get into that. We won't that get right
5: into now. that at all. Right? <laughs> that's my alma mater. That's
3: where he went to high school. My alma mater. Yeah. Well, I,
5: this, this has been great. I, you know, I'm, a, I'm a West Coast sports guy. I grew up on the West Coast, been to college on the East Coast. Um, but, i you know, all my teams in the Bay Area that I follow. And so Boston's, you know, there's a rivalry. Maybe not to you guys, but we just don't like East Coast, you know, the Northeast, your guys' teams, you know, Boschwood. <laughs> but New York isn't, but teams. isn't it typical, though? Together.
3: Isn't it typical? You came here to get educated. See that—that's—that's that's what happens. That's I went point. to BC, and there was you, everyone you came, was from you New York. We came out there with our parents.
2: So, <laughs> <laughs> we came back. That's a good
3: point. You went back though. Very, very. You went good back point. for the weather, although San Francisco, <laughs> I don't know. But
2: so anyway, so I mean, so you've got some. You all kidding aside, you've got some absolutely amazing uh, uh, Russell Russell uh, memorabilia. Um, I mean, the rings, uh, yep. fabulous stuff. Hey, but, look, can go I ahead. Brenda, do
3: you think um, the fact that the NBA has now retired his number across the league, you know, things like that, I think get people that maybe weren't interested in Bill Russell, maybe people that didn't even know Bill Russell, younger collectors. Do you think that's going to kind of spur them to, Hey, say, I got to look at this guy now, you know, in the confines of the hobby.
5: I hope so. Um, you know, he's been, he's been, uh, you know, kind of handing the Larry O'Brien trophy, I guess it's the, I think it's the MVP trophy, right? Right. The winner. Yeah. uh, The last several finals. So, you know, if you're young, you don't know who this guy is, but you see him in the biggest moment on stage, you know, now is a a, a opportunity to really dig in and learn about his past. I actually learned a lot just by doing some of the write-ups on this stuff. I didn't, I knew he had a troubled past with the city of Boston. With oh, the yeah. fan base there. Yeah. You know, he, grew, he was, you know, he was like kind of the Jackie Robinson. Him and Oscar were kind of Jackie Robinson of basketball. They went through yeah. so much. Good point. What they had to endure is, is just unfair, right? What they had to. Absolutely go through. agree. But I mean, Bill, Bill, Russell,
3: Bill Russell experienced real racism. He did. I mean, no real doubt. racism at a time when it was at its
5: height, you know? No yeah, and it would have been, it, it's unfair to say it's to Boston because it would have probably happened any city. Yeah. But like, unfortunately, Boston Agreed. is labeled like the fat that, and that's, Agreed. that's unfortunate too. Yep. But, but, you know, it, you know, what they, actually we also have Oscar Robert, ironically we have Oscar Robertson's hall of fame ring in the same auction. So the two guys who are literally the pioneers of being, of, of star black athletes in basketball and, you know, kind of literally kind of bringing that whole culture on their back and kind of, you know, representing um, is, is pretty incredible to have it in the same auction. And you actually we have three Hate to keep going to the auction. We have three Hall of Fame rings, uh, Naismith Hall of Fame rings, which I don't think that's very common in one auction. The other one is Clyde Lovellette. Who, uh, uh-huh. who, Clyde Lovellette? Yeah, if, I, 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 I make sure I pronounce his name right. Actually, it's um, Lavelette. wasn't it, Clyde Lovell? La, I think it was, right? It's La yeah. We're just going to do all, right. all well, you know, different for the,
2: pronunciations.
5: I think he's the only. Got a trivia question for you guys. He's the second, or he he was the first to ever win a title with both the Celtics and the Lakers. Can you guys name the other one? Um, Wayne Embry. That's a good one. He was the first. Uh, Wayne
3: Embry. And the title with the Celtics Wayne, and the Lakers. And the Lakers. Wayne the Wall. No. Uh,
5: Don Chaney. It's recent. It's a recent one. We'll oh, just do that. Or at least post two thousand. Oh, I, uh, I know. should know, I that. know that. Well, thank you about Raison Rondo. Damn it!
3: Really? really?
5: Yeah. I never he won, won, like with the I Lakers in, won with the that Lakers that in 2020. He, I never yeah. liked Rondo. Well, that, that's kind of a half. half. He has one and a half titles because that, that doesn't really count. It was the 50-game season. It was in the, the COVID bubble. year. Yeah, yeah, COVID year. It doesn't, right. doesn't really count, right? None
3: of the titles with the Lakers count because they count the ones from Minneapolis, which you cannot do.
2: <laughs> See? <laughs>
5: All
3: right, listen.
2: Brendan, I want to move on to uh, – got a 51 Bowman mantle. What's, uh, uh, and you got a 50, actually you got a 51 Bowman mantle and maze in the auction, correct? What's the, uh,
5: what's the grade on the mantle? It's a seven, it's a nice card. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, I've seen, just to be perfectly honest, I've seen better sevens out there. I've seen worse. Um, you know, it's interesting when you look at these cards nowadays and how they're graded, you know, um, you obviously, it's, I think any buyer would probably be curious to know when that car was submitted. Um, just because I think the standards have changed over the last few years and because the hobby has gotten so great, so it's so a big industry. There's just such a more of a focus on on these big you know cards, uh, you know, getting headliners on ESPN.com. So yeah, I just I just think that's also made the made it. There's more of like eyeballs on these big cards and anything new that's submitted. Yeah, but you know that Um, that card, my
2: wife is irritated with me because that card I bought that card three years ago now, it's still not getting the love it should get. Why isn't Mm -hmm. that card getting the love,
5: man? Are you talking about the uh, so his original rookie? No, I'm ta- right. yeah, I'm talking about the 51 Bowman yeah. mantle. I, I don't understand. It's a. I love visually. I love the the, the landscape yeah. uh, look of it and the art on the 51 Bowman was incredible. Um, and I it's I, I think it's a better looking set to be honest with you than 52 tops. I actually have 53 tops better too visually. Um, but you know it's uh you're true. The other one in that set that I always guess I'm representing San Francisco here, the Giants here, but. Um, William Mays, I'm a huge William Mays guy. Great card, yeah. yeah, How is the 51 Mays not a more valuable card at this point? I totally
2: agree with you. I don't understand that at all. Just
5: a great card.
2: All right, listen,
5: we're going to take a break. We are chatting
2: with Brendan Wells from SCP Auctions. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, when we come back, and uh, do me a favor put on a Red Sox jersey, do something. (laughs) All right, please hang in there. We'll be right back.
3: Since 1996, Brian Drent and the staff at Denver's Mile High Card Company have led the charge in the collectibles hobby. Mile High is a full-service dealer specializing in buying and selling cards and offers a competitive consignment program for all collectors. Whether it be their computerized want list service, appraisals, or auction services, Mile High has it all. If you've been searching for a company with a selection of high-grade vintage 1888 to 1970 baseball cards and memorabilia that shares your passion, aim high, mile high. Go to milehighcardcode.com or call 303-840-2784 for more information. This is Brian Drent, president of Mile High Card Company. Is your sports card and memorabilia collection properly insured? For easily replaced personal property... Homeowner's insurance is all most people need, but for prized possessions that you may have spent a lifetime collecting, it doesn't go nearly far enough. Collectibles Insurance Services has been insuring for over 50 years. They offer a full range of protection and a $0 deductible at an affordable rate with no appraisals required. I know because they insure my collection. If you have a minute, go to collectinsure.com and learn more about insuring your personal card or memorabilia collection.
0: Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest. Because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait. Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices.
3: How would you like to own the bat that was used by your favorite player when he hit that towering home run or game-winning base hit? Now look no further than JT Sports, specializing in the sale and authentication of professional game-used bats. As the official authenticators of professional model game-used bats for PSA DNA, JT Sports
2: will guarantee the authenticity of any bat purchased from them. JT Sports also buys and sells game-worn uniforms, gloves, and baseball equipment.
3: The unique quality of the collectible is what JT Sports is all about. Give them a call at 609-487-8003 or check them
2: out at GameUseBats.com. Okay, we are back. And Brendan from SCP Auctions is in the house. But before we get back to Brendan, (laughs) hey, there's a new card show. Big show. Big show. You're
3: old. You remember Ed Sullivan. Right here. Wonderful, wonderful show.
2: Big show coming up. And this show is going to be the signature card show in New England as it grows. I agree.
3: Primetime Events (coughs) proud to present the New England Card Show along with Primetime Saturday Night on Saturday, October 1st (coughs) and Sunday, October 2nd at the Mass Mutual Center and the Basketball Hall of Fame in beautiful downtown Springfield, Massachusetts. The New England Card Show takes place from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. At the Mass Mutual Center, 1277 Main Street in Springfield, and there will be over 300 tables, sports celebrity autographs, auction houses, accepting consignments, and much more. But that's not all. On Saturday night, join us for primetime Saturday hobby talk at the Basketball Hall of Fame Theater. For a separate admission fee, there will be panel discussions, breakout cards, and audience participation in the theater hosted by the sports card therapist. I could use that. From 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Trade night with food, games for the kids, and much more at Center Court will also take place from 7.30 p.m. to 11 p.m. And admission, get this, is free. That's the New England Card Show, the ultimate sports card show experience. For more info, call 860 819
2: that's going to be a hell of a show. John Demare, this guy is working his butt off. He was on the show last <clears throat> week. He's, yeah, he's, uh, this show is, I mean, our sponsors are all going to him for, you know, they want to get spots. That's going to grow it's, into, it's going to, be, it's, it's going to be a landmark <clears throat> show that everyone's really going to is, want it's, to It's going to be, and by the way, uh, uh, on Saturday, Mr. Rico Petroselli will be doing. That's our guy. You know, Petroselli, he's, he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable, and I'm gonna. I want your your opinion on this also, Brendan. So Petricelli, they contact him to do an autograph signing. Yeah, and he charges them a price. Right, right, fair. He should. Now, he gets another call from them. They've also <laughs> decided to bring in the 75 Red Sox. Okay, he calls them another price. So same place, two two hits, two hits. Good for him. Two paychecks. Good for him. Ellen and I are going to be there on Saturday. They asked us to come, right? You, you know what we're getting? Nothing.
5: Free hot dogs.
2: <laughs> we
3: get free freaking hot dogs. Well,
5: you didn't play third base for the Red Sox and short Doesn't Rico just sign stuff, stuff for you in the when, you, when he's there on the studio? Just Actually, Rico, Rico yeah, he does, he does once in
2: a while. He does. He pays us to do that. By the way. <laughs> no, uh, Rico's the best. He's the best. Rico is the best. Three home runs,
5: right? In nineteen sixty-nine, is that right? Yeah. Or is it? Yeah. yeah. But he he, big... he. I don't know if you know this, but he held the american
2: league record for most home runs in a season by a shortstop short short
5: who yeah. broke here's the trivia question who broke his record I'm um, gonna guess A. Rod. You're dead Absolutely. on.
3: Dead on. I was gonna say I, Rajon. There, there, there was Ronda, no one.
5: There was no one hitting home runs at that level until like the yeah. you know the, the 90s. Basically, I'm still so.
3: ticked off. I didn't get Rajon Rondo. That's pathetic. <laughs> that's pathetic. Yeah, he wasn't that good. Hey, can we? We're talking to Brendan Wells. Yeah, SCP cool. auctions. I want to let's go West Coast because that's your that's your wheelhouse. A couple of things that you have in this auction. Did you say you have Joe Montana's first the football from his first touchdown pass?
5: Yes. So he. Um, like obviously, he was not really well-known. No, he, <laughs> he was, was not. He was backing yeah. up Steve DeBerg. And, then, and
3: the Niners were not very good, actually.
5: Yeah, he backed, backing up Steve DeBerg. Yeah. And, yep. uh, and yeah, it came in on a mop-up time against the Broncos in a mid-season game and threw this touchdown pass to a kind of a no-name, well, relatively no-name tight end named uh, Bob Brewer. Uh, <laughs> and so that was the, first, the guy who caught the first touchdown pass of Montana's career. So there's probably fans in there. Probably had a few too many of these in the fourth quarter by <laughs> not paying much attention, realizing this is a big moment, right? No one ever really pays attention to that stuff. When Brady had his first touchdown pass, I mean, I didn't even know when that was. But uh, I'm, he was starting. I think he was starting at the time because that was after he took over for Drew, right? So, Wait a yeah, second. But didn't, didn't Wiggy catch his first pass? I couldn't tell you.
3: I could guess, but I don't think. I don't think a touchdown pass? Yeah. I'm not sure. It wasn't? I thought it was. I'm not sure. It huh. could have been. Could have been so this
5: ball, yeah. I mean, it was you know, get win- the, the tight end Brewer kept it, you know, in his collection um, for many many years. ended up in the um, ended up in his family's possession, his family's you know estate. I guess you want to call it that. And uh, it's coming from the family; it hasn't you know left the family's possession. So but, he he kept um, the ball,
3: and not because he thought Joe Montana was going to become Joe Montana. He kept the ball because that might have been his only touchdown catch in the history of his career.
5: I haven't. Yeah, I definitely not want his stats, but I think that might be his. Yeah. Either he he only had one or a couple. That's right? unbelievable! So, uh, wow. Yeah, I like yeah. that.
2: You know something that paid for his career. I mean, when you
5: think about it, right? They, who knew? But that, he was smart to keep Don't, that ball.
3: I well, mean, let me let me ask
5: you guys something. Since you guys are Boston guys, or at least yeah. you are, Tom. Um, what when did, in your opinion, when did Brady surpass Montana? Which which Super Bowl was it? Because I mean, I I like, I can't even admit sit here. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that. Because for a while in the well, Bay Area... There
3: was I'm say, this- I'm a, let me answer that. For, first of all, <laughs> okay. I, for, the, for the rest of the world, wow. for the rest of the world, Tom Brady had to win five Super Bowls to surpass Montana. To me, he surpassed Montana in that 07 season when they almost went undefeated. That's the, exactly what I was going That year, say. And then he got hurt the next year. To me, that year was the year he already had three. Correct. That was the year that statistically... Tom Brady really stepped up. Like, he was the
2: winner. Totally agree they with were, you. But
3: they won those first three Super Bowls largely on the defense. Brady was great. Don't get me wrong. But to me, that was the year he stepped up. Totally agree. And became the, the, the complete package, the winner and the stat guy. So, you, for me, that's when it was. You know what's really interesting, both you guys?
2: Now, go ahead. No, uh, no, I agree with you. That was, <laughs> I, that was the season I was going to call. But, you know, this guy's been gone for three, three weeks, four weeks. He hasn't, he hasn't played – Two downs in the preseason, right? Oh, Brady. Yeah. Did you see? He's only gone for eleven days, by did, the way. but it, he hasn't done anything. He's done nothing. Did you <laughs> see what he did in that exhibition game? I mean, it he was, he was like he knows what he's doing. It's like he—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's so rote yeah. now in his mind. It's like he doesn't even have to think about what
3: he's doing. And, and you could comment on this too, Brendan, because he is, by the way, he's a uh, he's a Northern California guy, you know Brady is. But that's what he said. He said when people said retire, I'm talking five six years ago. He sure. I said it after the Seattle Super Bowl retire, after the Atlanta Super Bowl. Please retire, go out on top. He said, "I know the game. Why would I retire now? I know how to do this now. Everything I see, I've seen before." Absolutely, right. that's there's what no he thing, says. There's no right. defense, right? Anyway, what do you think, Brendan?
5: Uh, I I have to respectfully disagree okay. with you guys saying that he surpassed him by that season because he lost the Super Bowl and he lost to Eli Manning, who uh, let's be honest, if <laughs> Eli Manning doesn't have two Super Bowls, he's not going to the Hall of Fame. I, I, yeah, but listen, to- 100%, guy, I, agree. You know, 100%, 100% agree. 100% agree. Yeah, but that was on a fluke. A guy caught the goddamn ball in his helmet. <laughs> he had Randy Moss catching his passes. I know. He That's had an incredible offensive coordinator and defense during those time as well. So I will say he had to at least surpass Montana in Super Bowls he had to get his i actually think because montana was 4 and 0 and you know his and it's back playing in that era where the running game matters more you're also you're, these these quarterbacks don't have the longevity as they have today cuz of the nutrition advancements and and all, all the other you know technological advancements of what these guys are doing you know medical uh, and physiological so i just feel like you got to you got to take that in consideration for these guys back guess, in the day i guess the, i saw this- one for super bowls too that's true. This is
3: a great debate. You could do a whole show on this because I've never really judged players in a team sport on titles. I've never judged quarterbacks on titles. It's impressive, Montana 4-0. It's great. Brady has wait, seven wait, Superbow- wait, wait, wait. I've wait. never judged him on titles. It's a team sport. If Tom Brady gets drafted by the Jets, he might be just as good a player. He ain't going to have seven rings. If, if if Joe Montana – and look, it's a Belichick, Brady, Montana wall. If Montana doesn't go to Bill Walsh and has Jerry Rice and all those guys yeah. they had in San That's Francisco, true. That's true. he's not winning four. It. And it's not a knock on Joe Montana. He still would have had a great career because he was a great player. But I'd look at Dan Marino. You can make a case he was the best quarterback who ever lived. Zero Super Bowls.
2: True. I, I mean, Good point. I, I don't know. All right, listen. Let's get back to the auction. You have a Kennesaw Mountain Landis letter yeah. Yeah. to – Shoeless sure Joe Jackson. That's cool, man. That is That's one really cool, cool piece. piece. What's the story behind that bad boy?
5: Well, I, I think that there was a few letters. I think I saw one in a, another competitor auction of ours, um, yeah, uh, a, a competitor's auction. A letter, I think there was multiple letters written by, well, Jackson, as we know, couldn't really read or write. You know, that was the, at least the, the, the history behind that. Uh, so I think there was multiple attempts by uh, whoever was writing these letters for Joe Jackson to get him reinstated or just to make, to plea to the commissioner. This is one of the, and one of those, atten- one of those letters and it, he responded to here uh, is just kind of, you know, Landis saying, thank you, but no, thank you. Um, you know, we are until further notice you are banned from the game. And, and yeah, I mean, he's he a big autograph in the, in the bottom there and the dates of the, you know, on, on the letter and everything is, is lined up. It's a, it's in a nice PSA jumbo holder, which, by the way, those those do make all these type ones and these letters stand out so. Oh nice. god, I must, I makes that. all the
2: difference in the world. All the I mean, difference
5: in the world. I, I, I brought. I just got an order back from Henry Yi myself. I'm a big type one collector. This is Eddie um, Seacott from the the Black Sox. Charles Conlon here, and I just you know these photos, you know, in there when you put them in these holders, it's just they add so much, not just value, but just. Aesthetics to you know in, a, in display, then you can put these up with a little display stand exactly. You don't have
3: to the clarity, look at the clarity. And of you that don't have photo to
5: frame though, right? them. I mean, no. that's
2: the frame, it's beautiful. That's the frame. Yeah, I agree, beautiful. Brendan. Yeah. You're, you're dead on,
5: Brendan. You've got, um, tell us about the Fred Clare collection. That's the other one I was gonna ask. Yeah, about. what about yeah. that? Yeah, uh, well, Fred Clare was a general manager for the Dodgers during the, the late 70s and early eight into late 80s, um, long time executive and. Uh, A lot of these items come from you know we come right from his uh, his personal collection, his family, and um, yeah, I mean, just, we just got some champion, some uh, National League Championship rings from that time. Um, I believe the family uh, is is you know the, there's no '88 World Series ring in that group, but you know he has the '74, '78, say '74, '77, '78 NL Championship rings. Of course, the Dodgers were blocking them, but right those years. Um, In the late 70s. And, you know, it's, it's you know, we've done a lot of these types of collections with, you know, players, retired executives. You know, we've done, we did the Don Drysdale collection years ago, um, you know, just to kind of relate to Dodgers. Uh, We did, uh, you know, Kirk Gibson's um, famous bat. You know, famous uh, jersey and home run bat from the the '88 uh, Game One World Series home run. Eckersley still were, pissed off about that. <laughs> those, you know, we sold those two items together, actually in the same auction, and the batting helmet. Uh, they all went together. So we've done. We have. A, we have a, a, a being in the Southern yeah. California area too. I mean, not that it matters because everything's global now and online, but we do have a really good following of you know localized Dodger collectors. Yeah. Um, you know, and that helps, too, when we bring these collections in because guys, people who if they want to look at it in person, they can drive down. They can maybe even make an appointment to see it. Um, so, yeah, this is, that's a great collection. A lot of good rings in there. Uh, other good memorabilia from from that, um, from that time period. Yeah, you know, I, I grew up um, you know, as a Giants fan grew up. My dad actually played for the Dodgers um, organization. He was he was signed at 19 out of college uh, at Murray State University. Shout no out John Morant. Um, But he uh, got he got signed and played minor league ball with the Dodge organization from 59 to 63. Wow. As a starting pitcher. Um, So he you know but we grew up I grew up a Giants fan. He changed (laughs) because we were born I was born raised in the Bay Area and you know he he was we were always rooting for Will the Thrill as I have my Will the Thrill on right here. Oh my. So will Clark jersey. I I like that. I like that. Like he was that. my hero growing up. I, I like Will Clark. Overrated. Overrated. No, he wasn't overrated. Um, he was overrated. He might have been
3: underrated, actually. <clears throat> no, actually, he was a yeah, good it's, player.
5: It's, again, I just, you have to have an appreciation. You know, like, again, I have a major appreciation for anything Dodgers, Jackie especially, um, you know, you know, with that, that you know, that it's one of the storied franchises in baseball. Yeah. Same thing with basketball. I have a lot of respect, I have to, for the Lakers and Celtics and what they've done. I mean, the Warriors have, <laughs> I, don't, I think they have, what, now, Uh five championships, so we have a little ways to go uh, to, to, catch, to catch you guys. Oh, no, um, man, but, they're, but uh, they're there
3: now, and Curry cemented his legacy that with, the, with these finals. This was the Steph Curry final. He beat them. He, beat he them almost single-handedly, single-handedly beat
5: them. He did. I do single-handedly.
2: He pretty no, much he, single-handedly he, that last, beat them. The, last no, honest game, to
3: God, he, the rest of the players, you can he, throw him he, in he, a he bag. Was, he was he, great. He was the guy that beat the Celtics.
2: Hey, uh, Brent, I want to ask you, uh, you know, we, we get into this all the time, and you're, you're kind of a youngster. Uh, at least compared yeah. to me you are thank um, you for that i'm kind that. of a youngster compared to <laughs> you. let's talk let's talk um, let's talk are you a vintage
5: guy you're a modern guy number one i'm an old soul tom i'm pretty much i i, I really love baseball history and you know, a lot of things in my collection go back to like early 1900s actually like so i i'm more vintage than modern but i i again i, I I'm i'll chase after some like you know modern warriors guys or giants or just to kind of have that part of my collection, you know, trading cards and whatnot. So Uh, do you you
2: feel, do you feel that uh, a lot of, I mean, the hobby has had an influx, an injection of new hobbyists over the last couple of years. Do you feel that a, a, a large, a segment of the new hobbyists are more
5: investors and speculators than hobbyists? Uh, it's, you yeah, for, for modern, well, I segment it like this. There's, there's vintage, I guess what you say is classified as pre 1980 is what they yeah. kind of always kind of yeah. cut it off as there's modern, which they kind of have, you know, PSA does this when you're submitting, they put it at 1980 to about 2017 and then ultra modern and ultra modern. So, you know, I think the ultra modern market for sure is a big investment. You know, there's probably more than half our investment. Um, because again, you can look. Like, look what happened with Fernando Tatis. I mean, you know, you're you're, put, you're you're putting in, you know, investing in these guys to kind of be the cornerstones of their franchises for decades, and then they get these big contracts, and then yeah, make a mistake, right? And then you're you're, S, you're SOL, right, as they say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the you know an ultra modern. I think it's definitely more towards the investor side. I think it's kind of mixed in that in that modern zone from 80 to to 2017. I think it's definitely mixed in there because you have a lot of the yeah, anyone who's collecting Jordan, um, that's not going to go down in value. Uh, his autographs, his game game used stuff. We have, his, by the way, we have a pair of his shoes in this auction and Air Jordan Eleven. I was
3: about to ask you about 96. that. Yeah, that's pretty
5: cool. But we, you know, I, that stuff will not go down in value. It's great investments to this you, right now. Jo- Magic Bird, you know, the, the iconic rookie card, the dual, basically the you, you know the the two for one special, right? Yeah. yeah. rookie card. That's not going to go down. I think there's. You know, the population's high on those, but, you know, if you get those in eight and then obviously there's, they're really tough to get not off center. So if you get without the qualifier in an eight, nine, you're, you're in good shape for a long time on those cards. Um, so I just feel like that, that it's a little bit mixed in that range, but I do, I do think that, you know, the explode, the, the explosion in interest you know spurred by the pandemic, the last dance, whatever you want to Kobe, unfortunately, Kobe's death actually I think had a little bit to do with that as well, because yeah. right after that you right. had kind of like the "quote unquote" ambulance chasers trying to capitalize right. like on right. his on his death with with their memorabilia. But you know that all that all kind of helped bring in a lot of new blood to the hobby. But there was also a lot of old collectors getting back into it with their kids. That and that you know, so they're they're collecting to get back into it as a hobby. They're also trying to like get their kids into it, which would kind of keep them away from maybe screens possibly. Right. Um, Which is always a good thing. I got two little girls. So anything to get them away from screens is, is a win. (laughs) Um, But yeah, but I, but yeah, I think that the, 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 the true modern collector though, Tom is, is I think they are, they're in it for the long haul, and, and I think for the majority, they're collecting what they love, and then the rest will follow. Well, that's, you know, you something that's encouraging that's to thing. hear. That, yeah. That's, you
2: know, that's encouraging. Yeah. We've got about two minutes left. Uh, two minutes, David? About two minutes? Uh, your, your website uh, uh, is what, Brendan? Uh, it's just
5: scpauctions.com. Very easy. And when yeah. does the auction end? We're ending on Friday, September 9th. Okay, uh, so we've got some time. Yeah. There's, there's some time. Forbidden on
2: the Kinasaw Mountain Landis. There's a lot of things out there. There's some really cool stuff. A,
3: this is a very varied auction, um, Brendan. I mean, there's yes. a lot of things for a lot of different people. We always talk with different levels of collectors. Uh, you mentioned the game worn stuff, the the Jordan shoes. You have yes. a Wilt. You have a Kobe game worn. You have an Otani game worn jersey as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. The game
5: worn stuff is. I I'm a memorabilia guy more you know the, i show you some of my photos here i'm trying to build a maybe i shouldn't say this because i i might shoot myself in the foot i'm trying to build an eight eight man out collection of all the original type ones yeah very cool um obviously the tough one's gonna be jackson but yeah. we'll see if i can uh, can afford that someday uh the um but yeah the game worn stuff we have the wilt jersey is incredible so david kohler you know my uh my humble boss here uh the the uh, founder and owner of SCP for the last forty plus years, like he has what's been you know documented as the best Lakers collection, you know most comprehensive, highest value Lakers collection in the world. Oh, that's and, all I hear about. It. It's phenomenal. And, it's phenomenal. Yeah, he, he looked at this jersey and he gave it the the, the seal of approval as one of the top you know the finest Lakers wilt jerseys he's ever seen, um, which is always great to when someone like that can can give it their seal of approval. Yep. Um, yep. You know, and there's it's it's graded Mirs A nine. Um, has a good background, you know. Came through a, a Lakers equipment manager back in the day. Um, also has some, you know. He signed it on both sides, which will would do that often. I you see that a lot of his jerseys, he signs on the front and the back. He put he put peace on the front to add a little flair to the autograph. And so PSA DNA authenticated both those autographs, and huh. it's dialed. Everything about that thing is dialed, and it's it's a six figure plus, you know, multi hopefully multi-six-figure jersey. It should be, uh, considering what some of these cards go for. But yeah, I mean, in the Kobe stuff, coming off that last sale we had, you know, we have a couple pairs of Kobe shoes in this auction. You know, um, playoff shoes from 2007, uh, or actually 2008 Western Conference Finals against the Spurs. They're photo-matched. Um, and then also a pair from early in his career, the Adidas, uh, the old kind of more generic looking, but the white and black Adidas. Yeah. Crazy eights that he has. Those actually come from... The provenance on those are interesting. It's actually from Ryan Leaf's collection. Oh, wow. wow. Quarterback. So wow. he actually was good friends with Kobe. They became friends when, when, when Leaf got uh, you know, drafted by the Chargers and was playing in SoCal. They were in the same circles because their managers were, went to high school together, their, their personal assistants. Gotcha. Uh, so they were all hanging out together. Kobe was going watching Ryan Leaf play for the Chargers down in San Diego. Ryan would go up to L.A., yeah. Watch Kobe play basketball, play the Lakers. So they would go out and, and hang out together. And they were friends for a few years there. So, um, so yeah, you have a pair of shoes that came from, from Kobe that he had. And he, he put them up for auction. And, um, you know, and just just a bunch of really incredible people. The Otani jersey you mentioned, yeah. too. Yeah, very cool. Home run jersey from last year. Very cool. Um, it's an awesome piece.
2: All right, listen, we're just about out of time. Uh, just to shout out Diamondbacks Collection, uh, the member 85% of the memorabilia are on this, uh, on, on this book cover, which is gorgeous. Yeah. Compliments of Dave Kohler from SCP auctions and his personal collection. Thank you, David. Uh, Brian, Brendan,
5: we got to get you back on, man. You, you like,
2: you get it. You understand what we're all about.
5: Oh, you know, I'd love to be back on guys. It was great talking to you. And, uh, I, I, next time, please don't let, make me follow Derek Grady after a nine point five uh, <laughs> Good point. Very good. Point. Next um, time we're going to have him. Next time, next well,
3: time he's going to follow. He'll follow
5: you. you. <laughs> All right, Brendan. Good luck great, with the auction.
3: Talking, you take How care, a great
2: one. Brendan. Thanks, Brendan. Good kid. Awesome. Yep. Uh, Brendan Wells from SCP Auction. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back. We have to change. We have a wardrobe change because <laughs> we have Scott from Collector Connection coming on. Hang in there. Awesome. We'll be right back.
1: Pristine Auction is a family-owned and operated online auction specializing in autographed memorabilia, sports cards, coins, art, and collectibles. Since their founding in 2010, they've grown to two facilities in Phoenix, Arizona, totaling over 60,000 square feet. Jared Cavalli and an incredible staff of over 150 team members serve a very large customer base and enjoy every minute of it. By working with leading authentication companies, Christine ensures all items are 100% authentic In addition, third-party authenticators regularly travel to Pristine Auction to provide authentication services on-site. Pristine Auction strives to operate its business in a way that's honoring to God, their families, and their customers. With a strong focus on speed, quality, and premier customer service, their mission is to be the leading online auction for every level of collector and fan. Pristine also works for Hope Sports and Identity Hoops International, traveling to Mexico to build houses for the less fortunate. Pristine Auction offers several online auction formats with thousands of auctions ending each day. For more information, go to pristineauction.com. That's Pristine Auction, the best in the business. If you're a discerning collector interested in owning the most important pieces in the hobby, look no further than Leland's Auctions the hobby's leading sports auction house for four decades.
6: It's often been said that championships are won on the practice field, and world records come only to those willing to work harder than everybody else. Heritage Auctions is the world's largest collectibles auctioneer because we believe that becoming the best is only an invitation to the challenge of remaining the best. This requires the skills of the hobby's top experts
0: Hi, this is Dan from Memory Lane Auctions here to remind you that the renowned Memory Lane Collectibles Company has served as a beacon of light to the collecting community for the past several decades. Indeed, folks, it has been our utmost privilege and pleasure to provide the most enthusiastic collectors with an abundance of the finest sports cards and memorabilia for America's most coveted sports personalities via our world-class auctions. Whether you choose either a private sale transaction or the auction route, Memory Lane cordially invites you to reach out to us to maximize the value of your prized possessions. Also, it is not just sales that we pride ourselves on being the best of the rest, because if you are seeking a particular keepsake for your esteemed gathering, we will be relentless in our quest to find that special piece to fulfill your collecting dreams. So no time to wait, Reach out to us today for the purposes of capitalizing on our unparalleled marketing capabilities. Simply pick up the phone and dial 877-606-5263. That's 877-606-LANE or find us on the World Wide Web at www.memorylaneinc.com. Now is the time for your valued consignment to ultimately become
6: Another one of Memory Lane's record-setting prices. With so many fakes out there, it's hard to figure out if the sneakers you want are real. But when you buy eligible sneakers on eBay, you can be confident they're genuine because every pair goes through a meticulous authentication process. Introducing eBay Authenticity Guarantee. First, the sneakers you've purchased are inspected by a team of professional authenticators who carefully examine the shoes, including color, pattern, logos, and materials. Then they're measured and compared to the eBay listing to make sure they match. Even the laces, accessories, and box are checked. Once your sneakers are verified, they receive an authenticity tag. And every tag is NFC enabled so you can see the detailed specs. eBay authenticity Guarantee: No fakes, no fraud, no doubt.
3: And eBay is the place to go zap for all of your memorabilia, sports or non-sports cards, autographs, and much more. Whether it's a gift for that special someone or you want to just add to your collection, eBay's huge marketplace should be your first stop. And if you sell, now's the time to flip those cards and get some extra cash. I shop on eBay all the time. That's eBay
2: connecting buyers and sellers. Globally. Okay, we are back. And if you can see, I have the Collector Connection T-shirt on backwards. Because it's two sides to it, and you right. have the front of it. <laughs> also, because you can't dress yourself without Ellen, because you
3: didn't do that on purpose. You actually <laughs> thought you were putting it That's on. That's a rate. lie. That's 100% it's true. A right.
2: I want to be truthful to now, our viewers. Scott <laughs> has, this is a great shirt. Scotty Scott. Russell has our Great American Collective. Oh, thank you, guys. He does. Look at that. All right, Scott. Scott, why is it that your connections.
4: The these foreign exchange students.
2: Why is it that your connections are the absolute worst in the history of the is there any particular reason why <laughs> did we lose him already? We already lost. <laughs> and it's called the collector.
4: Actually...
2: <laughs> actually, do I I'm like? Just... I like to pick. Yeah, it's right so, on the so, logo. So,
5: so,
2: just <laughs> outside the pines in New York. I'm going. through up. <laughs> this is great. We're not, we're... We
5: should have him live in studio
0: one day, and then we'll I, all be I, I, it'll I... all be funny because he'll actually sound like that, and we're like, <laughs> "I'm oh, sorry, that's... we didn't know you had a problem." <laughs>
2: All right, Scott, you're fading in and out. Actually, I like this. I like the picture though. The image is pretty cool with the Great American. Yeah. Right? yeah, that's it. Scott, yeah. tell us about <laughs> t- tell us about the uh, the auction. Uh, you've got a '53 mantle. You got some near sets. Tell us about the auction and when it starts and ends.
4: Yeah, well, it's it's running right now and it ends Sunday, September fourth. Uh, nice little everything. Heavy on the other
2: <laughs> He sounds like a um, robot.
4: He keeps
2: like
0: <laughs> Jokes on us, he's a cyborg. He who, knew? Cy- <laughs> who knew?
6: Who <laughs> knew?
2: Really, we can't hear him. Scott, unfortunately, we can't hear you at all. Are you not getting me? No, yeah. not at all. Oh, now we uh, are. Uh, Pinti- okay. Try it,
4: try it again. again. Okay. All right. Sorry, I'm, I'm in the boonies in New Jersey. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so uh, we got. A lot of autographs in this auction. Uh, 71 Gil Hodges, which is his last possible
1: Topps autographed card. Uh,
2: I think we yeah, lost we him again. We think we
3: might have lost him again.
2: Yep. All right. You know yep. what we'll do? Let's, uh, Scott, oh, we're, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to cut you, and we'll reconvene. Uh, when is the auction again? When is it close? September 4th? Uh, Yes. Yes. All right. So, what we'll do is, you have some stuff. i got some stuff. We're going to talk about it now. We'll talk about it now. Uh, uh, He's got a lot of particulars on it. We have the dates, and you have our t shirt on. We're going to leave the picture of him up there, (laughs) though, because it's right with the Great American Collectibles t shirt on. And then we'll call you after the show, Scott. All right. So, tell us. And the best, the interesting thing is that the company's collector connection. But he doesn't have a really good
3: connection. <laughs> <I> no, <don't> really. <laughs> but, but we're going to talk about So I have a bunch of notes. So he's got some Muhammad Ali boxing gloves, which, you know, Ali is like, he's up there. What, you're, the, you're the guy. You're the hobby guy. Is he up there in the hobby? His stuff, I don't hear
2: enough about his him. His stuff is red hot. Yeah. His stuff, yeah. the serious, is red hot. Yep. And um, I told you, I lost my jacket when I was in college. I sold my leather jacket to get tickets. To see Ali. To see Ali and Frazier in a closed circuit. Sold my leather jacket for twenty-five bucks jacket. to get the tickets. We get to the Portland Expo, and the closed circuit <laughs> thing breaks down. Only place in the country without well, collective does have?
3: connection. He's got an ESPN the magazine. That's that a nice picture. I think it's signed. It's got Kobe Bryant and Eric Lindros on it. Two all-famous in their respective sports. Um, and another mag. Speaking of magazines, he's got a signed Sports Illustrated from Henry Aaron, the one that had just seven fifteen. Oh wow! As the title, that's cool. When he broke Ruth's record, so I mean I think that's great. Aaron's been a guy. To me, that since I've started doing this show the last couple of years, even through COVID, that he's grown. I think Aaron Clemente, Jackie Robinson. Uh, do you know I who's put picking up category. ahead of steam?
2: Uh, Ernie Banks is picking up ahead of steam too. Okay, yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. All right. Yaz yes is still. I, I know
3: nothing. I don't know why. I don't either. It's just. It's I mean, I'd say it's because he never won a title, but neither. Not, did Banks. not a lot of movement. Yeah.
2: By the way, he also has some uh, near sets. Yep. Uh, you know, and that's becoming popular. He's got a 53 mantle. Yeah. And he's got a 19, speaking of sets, he's got a
3: 1976 Topps football complete set, which includes, among other great players, O.J. You know, Simpson's in there, but Walter Payton. That's sort of the big card Wait in Wait a that second. Set. Isn't the 76, that was the year that the Pats got screwed. Well, that was the season, but these would probably be the 75. 75, kick, But 76 season was the year that Ben Dreith, the roughing the passer call on... Uh, Joe, Ray Hamilton Ray Sugar Hamilton, Bear Hamilton Cost him the Super Bowl Barely hit Stabler Cost him the Super Bowl Cost him the Super Bowl They would have gone Right through Pittsburgh Minnesota was awful Fran Tarkin was like 85 Who, who won the Stabler? Stabler the Raiders and the Raiders were great. They were 13-1. I one. was irritated. They were 13-1 and one that season. Their one loss was to the Patriots in Foxborough, 48-17. to 17. Who was
2: the big – remember
3: Cliff Branch? Of course. Oh, just boy. went into the Hall of Fame, he was finally. Good. He yeah. was good. Oh, that was a great team. Yeah. Dave Casper, Fred yeah. Belitnikoff, the line, Upshaw, and Art I mean, It was a great team. That was a good team. But the Patriots else? did beat them. Uh, he's got some great Willie Mays cards, great Roberto Clemente cards. Um, he's got the Joe Montana's rookie card. In this auction, we're talking about Collector Connection, Scott Russell. He's got Jabbar, who actually was Lou Alcindor. It's a great uh, box. You know what the good thing about Scott is?
2: The good thing about Scott, every opening bid is five bucks. I
3: was about to. I have it down here. It's like an
2: auction for everyone. Five bucks, and, and he really does. I mean, even
3: some of the stuff we
2: mentioned. Listen, like you're not, not going to get a nine and a The half initial million.
3: bid is like ten bucks.
2: You're not going to get a twelve million dollar Mickey Mantle card. Right. but you're going to get right. Uh, you're going to get cards and memorabilia that everybody can afford. Yeah, that's and why he's, he's the people's yeah. auctioneer. If he's you got mean. a niche. He,
3: and I had a great talk with him at the national. Uh, and he had some. He has some great yeah, no, stuff strong. there. He's, but more than just cards, he's he adds a couple of like newspapers with headlines. He's got some great. Check out this auction. Uh, it closes
2: September fourth. Yeah. The Collector Connection. Before yeah. we uh, before we end this, let's talk about our good friend Joe Drellick and the Philly Show. Okay. East Coast Sports Marketing and Hunt Auctions are pleased to present the Philadelphia Sports Collectors Show, the Philly Show, from Friday September twenty third to Sunday September twenty fifth. Held at a new location, the Greater Philadelphia Expo Center, Hall B, 100 Station Avenue, Oaks, Pennsylvania. Shop over 250 of your favorite hobby Dealer boots on over 75,000 square feet of sports collectibles, having from the 1800s to the present day. Major sports auction houses and third-party grading and authentication companies are on hand to assist your collecting needs. The Philly Show is a family-friendly and all kids, 12 and under... Get in for free. Autograph guests include Baseball Hall of Famers, Jimmy Rice, Ricky Henderson, John Smoltz, and 2022 inductee Jim Cott, who, by the way, gave us a nice endorsement yeah, for I the book. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Famer and legend, Brian Dawkins, and many more. For more information, go to thephillyshow.com. R- remember, since 1975, that's when you were born, the I Philly wish. Show I is wish. where it all started. No doubt. No doubt. Good show today. Special thanks to Derek. Yeah. Brandon. 12.6 mil, man. And half of Scott. <laughs> half of Scott did well, right?
3: Listen, half of Scott is better than no Scott at all. Really? That's what I always say.
2: All right, brother. Have a good week. Uh, next week, Rico is in the house. Yeah. And uh, we got some nice, uh, nice shows coming up over the next month or Absolutely. so. Absolutely. With that being said, remember, you guys, thanks for all your support. You guys, without you, we wouldn't be here. Absolutely. And happy collecting. We'll <music>